stand with us and turn to Acts chapter 12. And I want to say this morning, we thank God again for the two souls that were saved last Sunday. And if you're here this morning and you're lost, uh, we want you to get saved. Amen. And uh, I want you to know that. You can come at any time, especially during the invitation time. The Holy Spirit deals with you. Uh, somebody will come pray with you. We want you to be saved this morning. And that's the burden on our heart today is that God would save some sinner. Acts chapter number 12 this morning. And if you'll look with us in verse number 20. The Bible said, And Herod was highly displeased with them of Tyre and Sidon. But they came with one accord to him, and having made Blastus the king chamberlain, their friend, desired peace, because their country was nourished by the king's country. And upon a set day, Herod, arrayed in royal apparel, sat upon his throne and made an oration unto them. And the people gave a shout, saying, It is the voice of a god and not of, man, of a man. And immediately the angel of the Lord smote him, because he gave not God the glory. He was eaten of worms and gave up the ghosts. But the word of God grew and multiplied. And Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem when they had fulfilled their ministry and took with them John, whose surname was Mark. Father, I pray this morning in Jesus' name, God, that you would speak to someone here that's lost, that would be, they would be saved. And we thank you for the good reminder of Calvary this morning. Thank you for the good reminder of heaven. Lord, that we have so much to look forward to on the other side. Lord, we want to say this morning that truly the greatest of all miracles was the day that you saved our soul. And I ask you now to bless the reading of thy word. I pray Holy Ghost conviction on every heart that is lost without you this morning. Encourage the saints and strengthen the weary. And most of all, may you receive the glory and the honor. And we'll thank you for it. In Christ's name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated this morning. I want you to note that the 12th chapter of Acts this morning is a very interesting chapter in the fact that it covers several uh, key events that, uh, that I think are important, not just in this chapter, but throughout the book, the rest of the book of Acts. Uh, for instance, it talks about the death of James and the early verses of, of this chapter here, and James being the, the first apostle to be martyred, and then uh, the deliverance of Peter from prison, how that God had brought Peter out of the inside of that prison. And then it talks about the prayers of the saints, the church prayed Peter out of prison and I'm glad that uh, the saints of God can pray for us just like they prayed for Peter then it talks about the death of Herod and the growth of the church and so these events uh, in this chapter here prove several things number one it proves uh, that God's power cannot be contested amen uh, James is proof in this chapter that the world can kill the messenger but the message will continue to grow and you cannot kill the message of the gospel. Amen? Because God's power cannot be contested. And then it proves that God's people cannot be defeated. Amen? I'd say if Peter is proof in this text that the world can lock you up, but at any given time God has the ability to set you free. Amen? And the bars of men that are made by men cannot bind the hand of God. Amen? He cannot be confined. And so it proves that my friend that God's power can 
cannot be contested and that God's people cannot be defeated. But it also proves uh, that God's punishment cannot be avoided. Amen? You see, when we come to this text this morning, what this passage of Scripture teaches us uh, is that according to verse number 20, there's no amount of power. According to verse number 21, there's no amount of prestige. Uh, and according to verse number 23, there's no amount of praise uh, that can avoid the punishment of God when it comes to the doorstep of a man's heart. And I'll say this morning, there's an encouragement for the saint in this chapter, but there's also a warning for the sinner. And I want to encourage you this morning, if you're a saint of God, keep on serving God, keep on living for Jesus, uh, for just as God took care of Peter, uh, my friend, God will take care of you. Amen? I would say if you're lost this morning, you need to get saved. Amen? You need to come to this old-fashioned altar. You need to get born in the family of God before it's eternally and everlastingly too late this morning. And so it proves to us that God's power cannot be contested. God's people cannot be defeated. God's punishment cannot be avoided this morning. But it also proves that God's purpose cannot be frustrated. You see, Herod did everything he could from verse number one of this chapter all the way down to verse number 23 to try to hinder the work of God and the growth of the gospel. And I want to tell you this morning, when we get to the end of chapter number 12, uh, God is still on the throne. Uh, James is in heaven. Uh, Peter's out of prison. Uh, the saints have prayed through. Uh, but Herod is in hell uh, and the church is marching on. Amen. Uh, I'm telling you, God uh, will always have his way. And sinner, you need to hear me this morning. Uh, you need to get in uh, while you can get in in this hour. Amen. Say, Brother Gravely, I didn't come to get saved. I didn't get, listen, the day I got saved, I didn't go to church to get saved, but I sure am glad I got saved, brother. I'm glad I got in the family of God. You say, what's everybody gonna think if I get saved? If they're saved, they're gonna be happy for you, amen? I wanna tell you, when we come to this text, there's something I want you to note in chapter 12 uh, that I wanna preach on this morning. If you look at verse number six, I notice the Bible says that when Herod uh, would have brought him forth, talking about Peter, the same night Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains, and the keepers before the door uh, kept the prison, but Notice this. And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and a light shined in the prison. And he smote Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise, go quickly. And his chains fell off from his hands. You notice that it was the angel of the Lord that pardoned Peter from this prison. And then go with me to verse number 23. And immediately, notice this, the angel of the Lord smote him because he gave not God the glory. Now that's interesting. I want us to recognize this morning the fact that my friend, that it was the same angel that pardoned Peter that also punished Herod, amen? The same angel that saved Peter's life is the same angel that took Herod's life. You see, my friend, on one side of God's hand, it can be a hand of grace or it can be a hand of judgment, amen? And what we find in this text here is that my friend God is going to turn the tide of life. Herod is on one side of life, but by the time we get to the end of this chapter, he's on the other side of life. I want to preach this morning on this subject, on when God turns the tide of life. 
Because you may be here this morning and you may say, Brother Gravely, I, I, everything's, I don't need salvation. I don't need God. My life is okay. But the tide could turn very quickly, friend. If you're lost this morning, you're one heartbeat away from hell. You're one heartbeat away from eternity. If you're backslid this morning, you're one heartbeat away from the judgment seat of Christ. I'm telling you, if you're backslid this morning, you need to get on this altar and get right with God. You need to come this morning and repent. And you may be riding some excuse wagon of saying that, well, I'm not where I need to be at because of so-and-so or because of such-and-such. I'm here to tell you, that's not gonna hold water at the judgment seat of Christ. It's not gonna matter when you stand before God. Listen, people like to blame their lack of service and they like to blame where they're at on other people and places and things. I'll tell you, when we stand before the judgment seat, the Bible said, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ uh, that we may give an account of the things done in this body according to what which we have done whether it be good or whether it be bad you're going to answer for yourself I'm going to answer for myself uh, we're going to answer by ourselves, uh, and we're not going to be able to use an excuse uh, my friend I'm telling you if you backslip this morning uh, you need to get right with God because God may turn the tide of life on me and you at any split second and we may be in eternity friends just a week ago, in meeting, me and my wife stood on the, the shore there in California and looked at the Pacific Ocean, the, great, the, the largest body of water in this world, reaching from, uh, uh, from, from that shore to, to Asia to, to Australia. This past week, we rode by the the shore there, the Gulf Shore there in Florida. And, I was, and as we was riding by, I was watching a wave come in. And the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart about this message and said, you know, the, the same God that brought the tide in on that end of this country brought the tide in on this end of the country. The same God that can turn the tide on that end, turns the tide on this end. I'm telling you, the same God this morning that took Herod's life is the same God that still sits on the throne this morning. The same God that Herod faced in eternity is the same God I'm going to face in eternity. He's the same God that you're going to face in eternity. And I think if there's anything in these last few days uh, as the sun is beginning to set, uh, uh, my friend, on time, uh, uh, in these last days, if there is anything that God is trying to do, he is trying to get our attention, friend, uh, that this thing is coming to an end. Uh, it's now or never. It's turn or burn. Uh, if you're going to get in. You don't have forever in a day to make your mind up. You must come this morning. You must be born again. You must get saved while you can this morning. You say why? Because the sun is setting. The tide is turning. And this morning when we look at this text, notice with me in verse number 20 how quickly things change in Herod's life. I see in verse 20 Herod's displeasure. Look at the rage of this man as Herod was highly displeased with them of Tyre and Sidon. 
Herod is upset. It mentions his rage in both the region of Tyre and Sidon. Now these people had been dependent upon uh, uh, the Jews ever since the Old Testament. If you go back to uh, 1 Kings chapter 5 and Ezra chapter 3 and even in Ezekiel chapter 27, uh, they had been dependent upon uh, the nation to supply them and Herod is in that position but he's upset with them. We don't really know why Herod is upset. Maybe he's just looking for someone to bully uh, because Peter got out of prison. It's been some months now, but Herod is somewhat upset. He is highly displeased. Uh, he is a man of authority. And listen, he had no problem abusing that authority, but he's fixing to face somebody in eternity that has more authority than what he has. Uh, he's fixing to meet the judge of the earth uh, who will always do right. Uh, Herod didn't do right, but God is always going to do what's right. Amen. He's always going to be, uh, my friend, just in his judgment. And Herod, no doubt, was looking for some reason uh, as he was highly displeased in this text. Now here is a man that does not know God and does not care how he treats people. Well, that can be said about a lot of people today, can't it? There are a lot of kings and, and politicians and people that are in authority that, number one, do not know God and do not care how they treat people. But guess what? And I don't wish this upon any of, any of them, but they go out into eternity just like the rest of us. They face God for their judgments and their actions just like the rest of us. They got to be saved just like the rest. Doesn't matter how much power they got. Doesn't matter what party they're of. Doesn't matter how much authority and riches they may have. Doesn't matter how well known they may be in this world. Uh, I'm telling you, the Bible said it's appointed a man once to die. And after this, the judgment. Amen. Every man is made from the dust of this earth, my friend. Uh, and from the dust we came. And from the dust shall we return. Uh, my friend, we're all got a, a day that we're leaving this world. Uh, and sinner, you hear me this morning. Uh, uh, there's a lot of people out there uh, that are like Herod. Uh, they're living for the moment. They're living for the time. Uh, uh, they're angry at situations in life. Uh, never thinking about their soul. Uh, never thinking about that split second when they're going to cross that threshold and wake up in eternity and face God. I want to say this morning, you're not here by chance nor circumstance, uh, uh, but I believe the Spirit of God uh, brought you this way this morning so you could hear the gospel and have an opportunity to be saved this morning you have to get broken though Herod left this world in a state of anger and pride and faced God I saw a man one time that passed by me and my wife on a motorcycle as we was going down the road and he didn't just pass us but he passed two or three uh, people and he come around us in, in a very dangerous uh, part of the road. And as that man was coming past us and, and the other automobiles, uh, he cursed at all of us. And, and you could see the, the anger in that man's eyes as he was, as he was passing by uh, from the things he was not saying. He was not only cursing us, but using God's name in vain. Uh, I want to tell you, I thought as that man passed by, how that he was gambling with his own life. and He was gambling with eternity. I mean, one wrong move. Uh, uh, one car coming around that curve. Uh, and he's 
just going to face God. Uh, my friend cursing him on his every breath. Uh, I'm here to tell you this world doesn't think much about it because they don't like to retain God in their knowledge. Uh, but there is a God in heaven uh, that we're going to answer to. Uh, and friend, hear me this morning. Uh, you better get broken. Uh, you better let the Holy Spirit of God deal with your soul this morning. Say, preacher, I want to be saved. I'll tell you, if you'll come down this, if you'll come to this altar this morning broken and you'll ask God to save you, he'll save you this morning. Doesn't matter who you are, where you are, or or where you've been or what you've done. But you're going to have to get broken this morning. I'm telling you, you're going to have to humble yourself. You can't come down the aisle playing games. You can't come down the aisle just treating it nonchalant. It's serious business. I don't think a person has to cry to be saved. I've seen people cry and didn't get saved. And I thought they got saved, but obviously they didn't. And then I've seen people that never shed a tear and they did get saved. And then I've seen people cry who have got saved. And we all have. It's not the tears that saves a person is the condition of that person's heart. And sometimes tears reveal the condition of that person's heart. Amen. What I'm telling you is uh, if you're going to get saved, you're going to have to get broken. You're going to have to humble yourself. You have to swallow that pride. Uh, you're going to have to come to that place uh, where you're willing uh, to just come to God and accept Christ. And if you'll accept Jesus this morning, guess what? He'll accept you. Amen. But Herod uh, in his displeasure couldn't see anything else. I see Herod's displeasure. I see see Herod's day. Look at verse 21. And upon a set day. Notice that Herod has a set day. Now, for Herod, this set day was a day of celebration. But he had another set day in this text. He had a set day in eternity. When Herod got up that day, he dressed to his finest. You see his splendor. The Bible said he arrayed in royal apparel. Josephus said that he dressed himself in silver. And that morning when he came out, Josephus said that as he came out, he came out in the morning light so that the sun hit that silver on his body and he, and he glistened. He's dressed in his splendor. He's got a set day. He's got a seat. He's set upon the throne and he gave a speech. He made an oration unto them. And here is Herod. You you can see him sitting on that throne. It's his day. It's Herod's big day. He's going to give this speech. Uh, It's a day of his glory. It's a day of, it's all about Herod. Uh, And Herod is thinking, man, this is going to be a great day. Herod did not understand. He had a set day. But his set day was not here on this earth. His set day was in eternity. And it was not going to be a day of celebration. It was going to be a day of judgment. Hey, we don't know what a day may bring forth. Amen. When you get up in the morning, uh, you think that, hey, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. But what if today is your appointment with death? What if today is your appointment in eternity? What if this is a set day in eternity, friend? What about that? I worked with a man years ago and he was lost and I was trying to get him to come to the church that I was attending. I was between the church I'd pastored there and here and, and worked beside this man for probably two months. And I witnessed to him and we would talk and 
he had a foul mouth on him. But he had enough respect that he would, he would not curse around me, or at least tried not to. And we would talk about God. And I remember the last time I saw him was on Friday. I tried that week. We were having revival next, the next week at our church. And I, I told him, I said, Frank, I want you to come to church with me next week. He lived about two miles from the church where I went. And I said, I want you to come to church. And he said, I may just come one night. I said, I said well, come Sunday. I said, don't, don't wait till next week. I said, come to church Sunday. I said, you can sit with, with me and my wife in church. And, and I said, we, we'd love to have you come. And, and he said, well, I'll tell you what. He said, I, he said I'm not going to come on Sunday. But I said, you, he said, you talked to me about it on Monday. And he said, I said, I'll probably come one night with you. I don't know if he would have or not. But I remember Monday morning we went to work. And on his way to work Monday morning, he was killed in an automobile accident. And I can remember about uh, 10 o'clock that morning or 9 o'clock that morning, somewhere around that time, uh, word came that we knew there'd been an accident, but word came about 9 or 10 o'clock that morning that Frank had died. And I thought all that day and really all that week, Brother Laddie, if he'd have just come Sunday, I wonder. If he'd have came Sunday, I wonder if Frank had got saved. What kept going through my mind was, well, I'm not going to come Sunday, but talk to me about it on Monday. And I'll probably come one day next week. But next week never came. I'm telling you, friend, we don't know what a day may bring forth. He said, well, I'll come back tonight and get saved. We don't even know if any of us are going to be here tonight. So, Brother Gravity, you're trying to scare me. No, I'm trying to warn you. I'm trying to tell you this morning, friend, if you're lost, you need to get in this morning. Jesus died for, God loves you. Jesus died for you. He wants to save you. He'll save your soul this morning. If you come to this altar and say, Lord, I don't want to go to hell and and I believe what you did on Calvary's cross. Uh, You died for my sins and and you rose again the third day and I believe the gospel. I believe you're you're my Savior and I accept you as my Savior. I accept you as my Lord uh, and I I trust you. What you did at Calvary, he'll save your soul. But you got to come. That's the invitation. Come. That's what he said. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, the spirit and the bride. They say come. Uh, You say, preacher, why the urgency today? Because it may be your set day. I see Herod's day. I see Herod's death. Notice his death in verse number 23. The people gave a shout saying it was a voice of a God and not of a man. And look at verse 23. Herod dies in this verse. And I notice that his death is swift. The Bible said immediately the angel of the Lord smote him. As soon as he failed to give God the glory, immediately death was swift. Not everybody gets the privilege of living to a ripe old age. Job lived to be 140 years old, or 140 years after his trial. God gave him twice as much in the end after that trial. And he lived full of days, the Bible said, but not everybody gets that privilege. Some people are cut down in the springtime of life. Just a young person, just a young adult. I remember a few years ago, a young lady stood, sat right back there in the back, raised her hand, 17 years old, raised her hand that she was lost. And the, the people that brought her to church uh, uh, wanted to see her get saved. She didn't get saved. And that week she went out into eternity, 17 years old. Swift. Life is swift, isn't it? James says it's like a vapor that appeared for a little while and then vanisheth away. And then it was sovereign. The Bible said this death was sovereign. The angel of the Lord, notice that smote him. God killed Herod. 
Now, we don't hear a lot of preaching about that anymore. But I'm going to tell you something. God kills people. So, Brother Grav, do you believe that? I believe it because that text proves it. Just a, what was it just a couple weeks ago? Was it a, a prime minister of Turkey? You know, the media doesn't want to talk about it, but somebody ought to talk about it. He's before a summit of, of 500 dignitaries at least. You can watch it. He's, he's giving his speech and he's talking about the na- against the nation of Israel. He talks about the, the wrath of Allah. He says the wrath of Allah will come down on Israel for all that they have brought upon Hamas and, and all that they have brought upon the Palestinians. He said the wrath of Allah will come down on Israel. He closes his portfolio and has a heart attack and dies. Watch it yourself. So that's a coincidence. No, God killed him just like he killed Herod. This morning, you think about that. I wonder today. You know, people used to fear God. They don't fear God like they used to no more. People used to be afraid to to say things against a preacher or a church or against somebody. But they, they don't people this generation don't fear God like they used to. I'll tell you, the great, one of the greatest days in my life was when I sat in church and I got afraid about my soul and eternity. If you're lost this morning, you ought to be afraid. If you're lost this morning, there ought to be fear. If you're saved, there ought to be peace. If you're here this morning and you don't know Christ, listen to me. You ought to be very much afraid. His death was sovereign and then it was sick. Notice The Bible said because he gave not the glory, he was eaten of worms. And it was also sure, the Bible said he gave up the ghost. No question about it. I wonder this morning, I wonder this morning, if you died right now, sinner, where would you spend eternity? Where would you be right now in eternity if you died this very moment? There's only two places, heaven or hell. If you've never been saved, you'd die and go to hell. If you have been saved, you would go to heaven. And I wonder this morning, where would you be? You say, Brother Gravely, I I, I don't know. I I don't know. Then you can know this morning. All you got to do is come. All you got to do is come. Now, don't let that pew keep you from going to heaven. Don't let the person you're sitting next to, the fact that they're beside you and you've got to get by them, don't let that keep you from going to heaven this morning. Get out of that seat and come. The greatest decision you'll ever make is to be saved. And be honest with yourself and more importantly, be honest before God. Don't tell yourself, I'm okay when you've never been saved. Amen? Don't tell yourself. Be honest. You know, God can... God will save you no matter how wicked you've been if you'll just be honest and come clean and just say, Lord, I'm a sinner. Listen to me as we stand this morning. Our heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Christians are praying. I wonder if there's somebody here this morning. You just be honest. Visitor, church member, it doesn't make no difference this morning. Would you come? Would you come? Hey, I don't want to do anything to, I don't do anything to draw attention to myself.
If you're here this morning and you're lost, I want you to come this morning. I want you to come. I want to be somebody by an uplifted hand. Brother Gradley, pray for me. I'm not saved. Don't embarrass me, but would you pray for me? I'm not saved this morning. If you'll just lift your hand up and put it back down, I'll pray for you. I'll pray for you. Is there one this morning? Is there one? I see that hand, sir. Is there another one? Thank you for being honest. Is there another one this morning? You'd lift your hand. I'm not saved. I see that hand. God bless you. Is there another? Now listen to me. If you raised your hand, I want you to listen to me. We don't want to see you die without the Lord. And you don't need, you don't need to leave today without accepting Christ as your Savior. I don't want you to come to the altar for me. I don't want you to come to the altar because you feel pressured or anything like that. But if you truly want to be saved and you want to go to heaven, would you come down here? My wife will meet you if you're a lady. My wife will meet you. She'll take the Bible. Yes, sir, you come right ahead, brother. That's right. Stephen Cameron, you come down here. Show this man how to be saved. I, I believe he, he raised his hand. He wants to be saved. I want to face somebody else. I want somebody else. How about it, ma'am? Why don't you come this morning? All you got to do is come. You don't have to be afraid. Ain't nobody going to make fun of you this morning. Don't leave this building lost today. Don't leave without knowing Christ. Holy Spirit, if he's dealing with your heart and you know you need to be saved, why don't you come? We're going to sing a verse of invitation, and as we sing...